Well, welcome. This is WNCN Radio, coming to you from Wayne, Ohio, and very happy that you tuned in one more time. And uh, like I say, this is 89.1 FM Radio coming to you. And if you have any problem, uh, any volume or distortion, what I always tell everybody at the start of the program, you can just go to your iPhone, your iPad, or Alexa, which uh, I'm sorry, Alexa, which I go to sometimes, and you can just tune in www.wnzn.org. That's WNZN.org. So once again, thank you for tuning in. I'm here with my good friend, Assistant Dave Mabu. Hey, Jan. Great to be here with you again. What a blessing this show is, Jan. Yeah, what a beautiful day. Oh, it's gorgeous. So you're right, David. It's uh, I've said it before. i say it again. It's a really great platform, WNZN. You know, um, it certainly has been for us. It's caused oh, yeah. us to meet a lot of interesting mm-hmm. people and forced us to get into different topics and subjects in the Bible. And literally, we've interviewed people from around the world. And I'm, yeah. I'm grateful for my son, Michael, with that new yes. setup, mm-hmm. which has given us higher clarity. Yeah. So really, really good. So uh, we've been talking about doing this topic for a while, David. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we should do it because it's where we're going to spend eternity. No literally. kidding. It's important. You know, we only spend a limited amount of time on this planet. <laughs> you know, you could put one here and a hundred here, and we all fall somewhere yeah, and that spectrum of years, you know, uh, the thing about dying is it's uh, 100%. All of us are going to die, unless the Lord comes first. Well, yeah. But I wanted to open it up and talk about heaven and mm-hmm. uh, be surprised some of the details the Bible mm-hmm. says about heaven and some yeah. of the things it doesn't say about heaven. And so, therefore, we get a lot of our right. ideas about heaven from literature, from Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. and the Paradise Lost and all of these kinds of things that are fictionalized throughout the literature. Yeah. But what does the Bible say? And first and foremost, our, our Lord himself will say uh, in John chapter 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also mm-hmm. in me. Then he says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But now I go to prepare a place for you. So we see heaven is a literal place. Yeah, it's not a state physical, of mind right? or it's not here on earth. Uh, but it's a physical place. Mm-hmm. It's a prepared place for prepared people. We're going to see that. And Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am there, you might be also. And yeah. so in this way, uh, this is Jesus speaking. This, this, this is many of the verses that alert us to the fact that this life is not all there is. Now, when you study other religions, um, or worldviews. I like the rather religion I used to call worldview because that includes atheists mm-hmm. and agnostics that don't have a quote-unquote religion. But they all have on a sense of what happens after we die. They all are mm-hmm. going to give some what they call an explanation. Yeah. So what happens after we die? For example, an mm-hmm. atheist would simply say, uh, when you die, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing lasts after your mm-hmm. last breath. No personality, no soul. No heaven, no hell, none of that. You just die, and everything is over. Yeah, it, it, your body will uh, go into the grave or be cremated, and that's it. And therefore, um, when you move to the next big religion or worldview, which would be Eastern uh, Hinduism, uh, and then Buddhism, and they would suggest when you die, you there's a reincarnation. You're going to come back, uh, determined by what you did in this lifetime in your physical lifetime on the earth. You accrue uh, a karma, mm-hmm. and that's got to be worked out in the next lifetime, worked out in the next lifetime. So you keep coming back on what they call this wheel of karma. Yeah. And it, the better you are, the more good deeds you do, 
uh, you can hopefully one day get off the wheel of karma and then you reach what they call enlightenment. It's, it's similar in Buddhism. I don't want to get into a deep uh, discussion, but Buddhism is a little bit different. It's an offshoot of Hinduism, but it also believes in this principle of reincarnation. Yeah. And that someday through uh, living an austere, uh, very um, pious life, asceticism, etc., you can one day get off this wheel of karma and you reach uh, what they would call enlightenment or, uh, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. um, anyhow. So that's Buddhism, Hinduism, atheism. Islam believes that hey, you die, there's a judgment. Uh, you're going to be, your good and bad deeds are going to be weighed out. You're not really certain in this life if you're going to go to paradise or hell. You have to do X amount. You have to be a good Muslim, which means keep being under Sharia right. and the law. And, um, you know, praying five times a day and don't eat pork and give an X amount, two and a half percent in offerings or um, to the poor and um, try to fast during Ramadan and make the Hajj, which is a pilgrimage to Saudi Arabia, Mecca, the city of Mecca, where the, the cubicle Kaaba is. And so they believe that is your afterlife. You're going to be weighed and judged. Now, when you come to Christianity, as we're going to see here, what the Bible reveals is there indeed is an afterlife. Is that there's definitely a uh, this is this is not the end. As a matter yeah. of fact, this is a very short period of time that we spend here uh, in this in this lifetime. And as a matter of fact, Jesus says in Matthew chapter sixteen, verse twenty six, he says, "What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world?" but loses his soul. Right. The, the, now, that's an important phrase, yeah. and this is coming from Jesus himself. Uh, Absolutely. You can read the whole text if you want to, Dad. Yeah, well, which, which, so Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew chapter 16. Oh, 16. Uh-huh. And, uh -huh. and um, he's, he's kind of alerting us to the fact that there's a coming judgment and there's a punishment or reward. But at verse 24 through 26. You got it. Matthew Okay. Um, then Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Now look at that. What he's saying here... Um, what profit is to a man that gains the right. whole world? So mm. this was somebody maybe that that has a lot of money, yeah. celebrity, mm -hmm. famous. Mm -hmm. uh, but if he loses his soul, Jesus is saying here the wealth of the world mm -hmm. is not worth the weight of one's soul. Right. Because it's eternal. You're going to have an eternal destiny. And he says not only that, maybe the man don't want to gain the whole world, but the next phrase is, and what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Yeah. People trade their soul. Mm for money, mm -hmm. you know, and they just don't yeah. think about God. They don't think about uh, that there's an eternity, and therefore, you know, uh, they just don't, they just think of this life alone, this material short span of existence we have on this planet, 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years, but they don't think of the afterlife. Yeah, right. And Jesus talks about this very uh, thing in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, he gives this famous parable. We're just trying to set the scene here, how important uh, um, to think about eternity. Maybe somebody's listening today to our broadcast, and they just never thought about eternity or right. what's going to happen if I die. Right. And he says, uh, chapter 12 of the Gospel of Luke, mm -hmm. he gives this famous parable where um, it talks about a man 
Um, he says, uh, verse 16, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. He thought within himself saying, what shall I do? I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns. I will build greater. There I will be, store up all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, <clears throat> drink, and be merry. So he's yeah. extremely successful. Nothing wrong with that. Right. He had a good year. He's got storage and wealth, etc. <clears throat> good retirement. Yeah. But then in verse 20, it says, but God said to him, you fool. This night your soul, there's the soul, will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So in other words, this guy did nothing wrong, but all he did was think about himself and his earthly treasure. He didn't think about, how many times is the pronoun I in there? I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you got six, seven times the, the pronoun yeah. I, but never about God. Right. Never I'm going to give to the poor, I'm going to give to the Lord, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And what he wasn't planning on is that when he had all this stuff, he was going to die that night. How many people think, you know, oh, I'm going to get all this money, I'm going to retire, mm-hmm. I'm going to be wealthy, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, a heart attack, all of a sudden. The it car- goes so fast, Shannon, we're not guaranteed any time at all. And uh, that's, that's yeah. what Jesus is saying here once again. You have all this wealth. What if you don't consider your soul? What good is it? Yeah, as you really, you can't take literally. You can't take it with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. You know, I, I don't want to digress, but I, I want to throw this in early. Uh, this was in December uh, 2022 by Keep Believing Ministries. They did a survey, and they wanted to know. Um, they did a poll, and they asked uh, people about heaven and uh, and you know wanting to go there. And they went to these Americans and, you know, they said, um, you know, do you think you're going to be going to heaven? And 80% of all the Americans believe there is a place called heaven. And a majority of them felt that they would be going to heaven. Oh, okay. Almost 80% believe that there is a place called heaven. And a majority of those Americans feel that they will be going to heaven. And I know we're going to touch on that. We, we, We have to follow the Bible in terms of the reality of that yeah right yeah right so. that's and a lot of that what they believe is um if you ask them they'll just say well i'm a good person mm-hmm. but good people don't go to heaven save that's people right. out of heaven yeah and it, you also you know um you gave me this visual and i know it's been used before about that cord you know there's this little section of this long cord that goes in and out of rooms part of it is white which is really like our 60 to 80 years that we're on this planet right. the rest is red and it just goes into infinity that's really the big issue is is how little time we have and yeah. you know thinking about the you know my son's wedding it's in a blink of an eye that they're gone they're gone and now i'm looking at the last you know portion of of our lives and um it goes so fast you're right it, it goes seems like yesterday and it's gone that's why it says in the book of james mm-hmm. our life is like a breath right it's just here and it's gone. As a matter of fact, it'll, it'll say something very interesting. I always like Psalm 90, yeah. where it talks about that idea of the brevity of life. And uh, really, God warns us. He doesn't want us to make bad choices here. But he says, um, mm-hmm. verse 9. Um, you still in that? Psalm, Psalm 90, it says, okay, For all our days are passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. 
the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80. That's right what the actuary is now. Yeah. Worldwide, okay. Yeah. Insurance put the male. Right. And, uh, females live a little bit longer, males a little bit less. Yep. Their boast is only labor and sorrow, and it is soon cut off, and we fly away. See that? We fly away. In mm-hmm. other words, the body falls, but the soul flies away. And um, so it says, teach us to number our days, verse 12, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And that's yes. kind of what we're doing here, Dave. Right. This program is teaching us, teaching the listeners, teach us to number our days. Yeah. Think that, hey, one day is going to be our last day. Therefore, what am I doing today to prepare for that day? You see, God gives us adequate warning and time to prepare because you don't want to get to your last day and have all these regrets and have to repent and yeah. I got to get right with God and I got to yeah. get right with my relatives. You don't want that because now is the day um, that y- you can get right with him. And, you know, we don't know, again, uh, how quick that That's uh, right. this last day is going to come on us. D- do we? Yeah, we have no idea um, if we're even going to be around tomorrow. I mean, we just don't know, but. I'll tell you, you know, my philosophy, and we've talked about this before, was I have plenty of time. When I'm in my rocker, I'll pick up my Bible Uh and I'll start to get into it because I have plenty of time on my hands. What a, what a silly thing for me to be thinking. And, you know, I was baptized Roman Catholic and, you know, so I feel very blessed that, that he came for me and showed me that, you know, you got to start now. Don't wait for anybody or anything or any event to trigger when you're going to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Exactly right. Don't wait. Don't yeah. wait. You're right. And like you say, it seems like we have a long time. I mean, if, yeah. if yeah. somebody's 50 years old, that means they've had over 18,000 <clears throat> days. Right. More than 18,000. They woke up mm-hmm. and had a fresh day. 18,000. That's how to show you how patient God is in mm-hmm. long suffering. He's going to stay up. If you're 70... Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that come out? I mean, it's like you got 20, 20, was it 21,000 days? That yeah. you were. But I'm saying is we have all these days and all you have to do on one day mm-hmm. is to decide to follow Jesus. And that's why it says today is the day of salvation. Don't boast of tomorrow mm-hmm. for thou knowest not what a day might bring forth. That's why my friend always say the worst day to accept Jesus Christ is tomorrow. Yes. The best day to receive him is today because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And I know somebody says, well, I'm going to just wait to the end of my life and yeah. I'm going to repent and get right with God. They call it a midnight confession. Yeah. The problem with that is maybe you're going to die at 1130. <laughs> you don't right. know. You That's don't right. know when you're going to die. Yes. Here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 10, verse 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body body in hell mm-hmm. see human beings can kill fellow human beings they do it in war they do oh, yeah. crime, etc but he says that's not they just kill in your body which lasts maybe 80 years fear him who can destroy the soul which is god fear him uh, you don't want to be in that judgment you're a perfect example john very blessed to have you as is a mentor a mentor for my family my son all those years and you still are but you know you're um, you're kind of in the tail end of that. I hope you live another 30 years mm. healthily um, in a healthy manner. But you you always tell me you're looking to add things mm. <laughs> so you can keep you can keep it going, but you want to do as much work uh, until that time. Yeah, right. But because you know we know time is fleeting, but I think that's the difference. I mean, um, the, a lot of people, including myself, 
kind of looked at it becoming uh, reborn and getting into the Bible is too much work, too much effort, and a, a distraction for what I needed to be doing on a daily basis. Right. I've had a complete regime shift mm. where now that book is the center for how we run our our business, how we run our family, how we deal with pain and suffering that we experience, and everybody does, regardless if you're a follower or not, you will have your challenges in life. So instead of, and and then you take time out of it, because when you have the Bible, time, time is irrelevant right. at that point. So for me, you're taking time out of it, and you're just going day by day, which is what the Bible suggests. Yeah, right. You just reordered your whole life. That's right. Before I came to Christ, my life was just basically centered on me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I try to help people or whatever, but yeah. after you come to Christ, your center is on him and then others, and you see a whole new life opens, to, mm-hmm. and we're going to get to this in a moment, but there's a way we can not only gain heaven, but we can gain rewards in heaven. We're going to talk about that when mm-hmm. Jesus talks about where yeah. he says, Lay up your treasure in heaven where rust and moon <laughs> and fiend don't break in to de- right. grab and destroy it. Yeah. And he uh, he's going to show us that we can use this time on this planet now where we wasted it before. We can use it to touch other people's lives as we go forward. And, you know, like I said, it's... Uh, Not only touch their lives, but we're you're improving your life to a level that we can't even explain. That there are so many things that happen in a positive manner... But you, you are going to affect other people, for sure, God willing, that you're a light. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so people wonder, what has changed about you? And they, they look over the fence and say, could you tell us more? But it's, re- Jan, you could tell story after story of the miracles that have happened in your own life and your family's life. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> we've interviewed people, David, you know, oh. like Loretta Jackson in South Africa. Yeah. We've interviewed Raven Holmberg. We've interviewed Missionary in Morocco and all over. The the thing of it is, each one of us, once we come to Christ, are we we're very powerful by God's grace to reach other people. And the thing with that is, you don't know how far one life can go. Mm-hmm. One life can touch another life, which can touch ten lives, which can touch a hundred lives. And uh, and you, I'm gonna almost say you have fun doing it. But I mean, there's a certain joy in doing it. You you all of a sudden you have life's purpose. You know, studies have been done, uh, and they're saying we are going, the time we live in now is defined by loneliness. They say one of the biggest <clears throat> problems in our culture today is loneliness. And as a result of this, this results in high anxiety and depression, even with young people. And so what's the antidote for that? Well, problem is there's lack of purpose, lack of direction, lack of identity. Who am I? Who defines me? My social media, mm-hmm. my little cliques I belong mm-hmm. to, or am I am I somebody made in the image of God, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, yeah. and dwelt by the Holy Spirit, given a purpose and a reason for life, and realizing the day I die, mm-hmm. there's a better life in front of me. That's why the Bible says in Romans, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man what great things the Lord has planned for those that love him and are called to his purpose. That's why Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. He said that 2,000 years ago, right? How long did it take him to create the universe? Six days. That's right. How much greater do you think heaven's going to be? No kidding. Yeah, and this universe is pretty good on a good day. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it. But it's a poly mm. condition. Yeah. So, again, to our listeners as well as to us, mm-hmm. 
is to is to realize live with an eternal perspective live with one eye on this earth but one eye in heaven you know what i'm saying david Just, yeah it, it causes you to think okay and you can actually invest in yourself by getting into the word of god hanging out with people of god cultivating a prayer life becoming more and more sanctified or holy as we come closer and closer mm-hmm. to christ these all pay benefits and I've been on the I've been by the bedside of people that are dying that are Christian, mm. and I can tell you, I mean, the peace they have, the assurance they have, the sense of security they have, it's it's incredible. Nobody ever they say nobody ever regretted being a Christian on his deathbed, but a lot of people on their deathbed regret <laughs> their life. They're scared. Mm-hmm. Am I right with God? What's yeah. going to happen to me when I die? And all this stuff. Well, the Bible answers that and says Does don't ever have, have that fear and that trepidation. You know, nobody wants to die. They say there's three main reasons why people mm-hmm. have a fear of death. And that number one um, is the um, fear of the initial pain connected with the transition. Yeah. It could be an accident, a long term. And always some people just die in their sleep. So there's very little. Mm-hmm. Number two is the loss of the familiar. Yeah. Family, friends, my home, my books, my uh, travel, uh, all of these, the, the familiar. You're, the, you're, you're on this planet for X amount of years. So you got the transitional pain associated with that. Number two, leaving the familiar behind. And number three is not knowing what's coming next, fear of the unknown. But if you're a Christian, look at this. Number one, there's no fear of the unknown. If you believe this is the word of God and Jesus is preparing a place for you. And he says, the Bible clearly says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm-hmm. He said, with the repentant thief on the cross, this day you will be with me in paradise. So there's that instant transition. Right. You know. Yeah. That's okay. So you don't, you don't have that fear. Yeah. At least that fear is greatly diminished if you know where you're going. Right. Number two, you are going to be with your loved ones. If they're believers, if they, if they accepted Jesus Christ, they have that certainty if they went before you. That you're going to see them in heaven. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, number three, the transitional pain with death. Yes, it could be painful. I don't minimize that, but, or it could be very sudden. But nevertheless, you know that God is with you through that. You know, yes. David? So you, yes. Again, you're not going to say it's not a painful or a terrible experience, but you know that He will never leave you nor forsake you. And you know that Jesus suffered on the cross and went through great pain to purchase my salvation, to purchase your salvation. Yes. So we may entail some pain, which can actually bring glory to God even while we're dying. And here's the other thing I love, Matthew 8, 11, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, right. On top of God. Think about that. Yeah. These are all the biblical characters. <laughs> we're going to be with them every day. Yeah, exactly right. It's it's an incredible, incredible vision. Yeah. It's an incredible vision, and it goes to the heart of the matter. Uh, again, all these other religions try to make suggestions of what they think is going to happen when you die. But Jesus is the only founder of religion that dies but comes back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he yeah. comes back. Mm-hmm. That's a very important thing. Mm-hmm. Now, people could say that's mm-hmm. myth, that's a fiction. Mm-hmm. We don't believe it. We're going to spend a whole radio on proving why there was a resurrection. Yeah. But I mean, think about it. The, the Joseph Smith of Mormonism or Muhammad or Lao Tzu or the Buddha, they died. They're buried somewhere or they've been cremated. The Buddha was right. cremated. But Jesus dies. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't go to his tomb. Mm. It's empty. 
it's empty, empty, empty. And so he he yeah he said it suggested there that he 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 answers life's biggest mystery, biggest fear, and that is death. You, you know, and to your point, you mentioned where Jesus said, you know, I will build a house uh, or a mansion of many rooms for you. And you know, a lot of people have to understand heaven is really a place, just like New York or Chicago. Yeah, I know. It's a physical place. And here's the other thing I love. Isaiah 65, oh, 21, we shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine what that fruit's going to taste like? Well, <laughs> that's a good point because I mean, there's more heaven than people think. Yeah. Because we we're, we're going to be working, but it's not going to be hard labor where, you know, after the fall and Adam and Eve, right, John? It's going to be, yeah, I, I mean... Still, the, well, here's, here's well, granted, we don't know for sure, but it sure sounds... There is a new heaven and a new earth. Mm-hmm. And here's what it says uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, what it talks about us being alive in Christ when we accept him. It says, but God who is... Here's, I love Ephesians 2 because it starts out us before mm-hmm. we're Christian, right? Yeah, right. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, and you he made alive mm-hmm. who were dead in trespasses and sins. So that's our past, right? Right. We walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. In other words, we were messed up. We were, <laughs> we are dead spiritually. Uh, Satan had some control over our life. Our minds are messed up. He says, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, mm-hmm. the desires of the flesh, and were by nature children of the wrath. In other words, God's wrath was upon us. We had all this sin. But, verse 4, God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, he made us alive together with Christ. See, that's transition. You're dead. Now, if you accept Jesus, you're made alive. He's raised us up to sit with Jesus, positionally with him. But notice verse 7. Go ahead, you read it. That in the ages to come, future, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You see what he's saying there? In the ages to come, that means not this age, but the ages to come in eternity, he's going to keep revealing stuff to us, the riches of his grace, which means unmerited things. Well, if you're a believer today, like you say, David, you already experienced something Mm -hmm. of his joy, Mm -hmm. answer to prayer, uh, loving forgiveness, beauty of nature, mercy. How much more so it says here. Yeah. It starts out, we're dead, we're sinners, we're all this stuff. And then all of a sudden through Jesus Christ, it transitions that in the ages to come. So that's a glimpse Mm -hmm. of eternity for believers that he's going to keep revealing more and more stuff to us. Now we do know. So we're going to be learning in heaven. You are going to be learning. Our eyes are going to be opened. We're going to see a lot more uh, than we are seeing now. Definitely. Because- um, it says in First Corinthians 15 is what's known as the great going. Yeah, I, I like just to, before you get into that next one, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Yeah, right. A lot's going to be open to it, yeah. just like you said. So I mean, now I we do see dimly the love of God and mm-hmm. display, even in creation. You look out on a day like today, and yeah. this is a fallen world, don't forget. No kidding. But you look out. On a summer night yeah. or in the winter yeah. when the snow first comes down, you go out in your street and look, you just see the beauty of, of creation. But when that is not, you know, he says he's going to do it, we'll look at mm-hmm. the new heaven and the new yeah. earth. Yeah, right. When that is all brought back like almost like at the Garden of Eden, yes. 
yeah. we have a resurrection body. We'll look at that in a minute. Mm-hmm. In First uh, Corinthians fifteen, he he says, um, chapter fifteen, it talks all about the resurrection. But he says in uh, verse fifty one, First Corinthians fifty one, behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep. That means the bodies in the grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible. In other words, when the, when we die, our body decays. It's corrupted, right? But it says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So he's saying, when Jesus returns in the twinkling of an eye, this body, doesn't matter if you've been dead in the grave for 100 years, 1,000 years, or if you're still alive. When he comes, you're changed, just like Jesus was changed when he rose. He had all those terrible wounds on him and all this, but he was mm-hmm. victorious, right? So when he comes, we these physical bodies are going to be changed, which tells us that we're, these physical bodies in a, in, a, in a glorified state are going to have something to do. Yeah. They're not just sit around on a cloud. And, you know, and, and that was something I was talking to, um, to uh, Marilyn about is— um, you know, what are we going to be doing in heaven? And, you know, it's, you know, some people think, you know, I was told you're just going to be servants. You're going to be praying to the throne every single day, but we ha- we're we going to have a whole life. It's kind of like, you know, just with the vineyards, you know, we're going to be planting fresh fruit. We're going to have a place to live. Um, we're going to be living a full life, but the, the, it's going to be just, I hate to use this term, but bliss. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. It's yeah, gonna be. After God created man mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden, He said yeah. it was very good. Yeah, now, we don't even know what that looked like no, prior to sin. Yeah, right. I mean, wow. We don't know what it looked like. I guess I don't know if you've been to Maui or somewhere. Just something yeah. like so spectacular, you're not used to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uber, I'm exactly you know, what you mean. Yep. Well, times that by a thousand. Diesel. That's why I think we need a new body because mm-hmm. it's it's like the voltage. If you, if you take a toaster and plug it into 220 volt and it can only handle 110, what happens to a toaster? It comes, oh, yeah. Right. I've done that a couple of times overseas. Mm-hmm. My point being, these little these little bodies we have, study when any of God's prophets or somebody have an encounter with yeah. an angel or God in the Bible. Yeah. You know what happens to them? They come undone. They fall to the ground. They're untouched. Oh. They don't know. Yeah. That's, that's just, just a angel. little glimpse. That's just a little glimpse. That's an angel. Yeah. That's one reason I think we need these these uh, uh, incorruptible bodies. But then he says, um, back in 1 Corinthians, so when this corruptible, that's this body we have now, puts on incorruptibility, then this mortal has put on an immortality, then shall be brought to pass what is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades. Where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, brothers, that's believers, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. So this is an encouragement. So when we share with our listeners about heaven, it's very encouraging, especially if you're going through a difficult time, discouragement. Mm -hmm. When you realize this too shall pass, this whatever is going on, difficulty in lifetime, and you see that last verse where it says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The yeah. problem with many of us Christians is we're not steadfast. We're not immovable. We get shaken. Am I right? This way, oh, that wow. way, whipsawed. 
But he's saying, hey, man, if you know this is your end, mm -hmm. this is where you're headed, brand new body, mm -hmm. a home built by Jesus in heaven, companionship with fellow loved ones that went before yeah. you, with saints, with the prophets, with Jesus mm -hmm. himself, mm -hmm. all of this, and he's unfolding something. Yeah. He does hit that at David where he says, if you've been faithful with little here, you'll be made faithful with much there. So it's almost like this is um, this is first kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. How you do here determines our positioning there. That's why the mother of James and John came to Jesus and says, would you let my boy sit on your right and your left hand in the resurrection, in your kingdom? He says, it's not for me to give. That's for my heavenly father. But there seems to be positions of authority or responsibility, just like you have a corporation, right, David? And if you have really faithful employees, you want to raise them up to greater levels of responsibility and wealth, right? You're going to, but if they don't, you're not going to bring them up. You're not going to dismiss them, but you're, they're not as right. so to here. We can be zealous for good works. We can be zealous in our prayer life. We can be zealous for the things of God. And that's why Jesus says, lay up yourself, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So whenever you, he says, even if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you won't lose your reward. If you help the poor, if you share the gospel, if you disciple others, if you intercede and pray for others, if you glorify God, there's all kinds of ways he had to, well, maybe we'll have time to look at the rewards, but there is rewards for faithful service yeah. here. And so when you're thinking about heaven, um, it, it, it actually motivates us on our daily life here. Oh, yeah. Now we all go about our daily life. I mean, you might be a retiree. You might be an inventor, an entrepreneur, a physician, a maintenance person at a school, whatever. Does it, that's that's not that's just a title. That's not the deal. The deal is you're really working for the Lord. Yeah. If you get that in your head, yeah. I'm really working mm -hmm. for the Lord. It just happened. Mm -hmm. I wear this hat right now. And then as you get wealth or influence, that can be used to glorify God. It's really yeah. powerful when you look at it. Yeah. And here's what he says about this whole thing about rewards. I'll touch on that because. We are dealing with heaven, and I, I want to just uh, mm -hmm. where we're look, in. Look, look at um, we're in First Corinthians. So look at First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. He's going to talk about this idea that these coming rewards should actually um, motivate mm -hmm. us. Now you can read this if you like. Dave. Yeah, what verse? Um, you can go to um, verse ten uh, through thirteen. Sure. <clears throat> By the grace God has given me. I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. It is burned up. The builder will, will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Okay, see that? Yeah. So in other words, he's saying, uh, God's going to judge the works of, this is written to believers, right? In the right. But your, your, your works, the thing with, uh, he's using this idea, gold, silver, precious stones. See, they don't burn up. If you put them into a fire, they actually reflect light. They don't right. burn up. Yeah. But see, hay, wood, and stubble are things that were once alive but are dead. 
right? Mm-hmm. Those are like dead works. Maybe if I do something just yeah. to uh, get attention right. or for my own mm-hmm. well-being, well, you're not going to receive a reward for that. But for these other things that you do, gold, oh, yeah. that, that's going to last through the investigative mm-hmm. um, right. judgment. Right. So if you stay in Corinthians, now flip to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he's going to amplify this judgment that's coming. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9 and 10. Okay. Sure. Um, So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in in the body, whether good or bad. So you see there, there, that's very important what he's saying. Again, we're thinking about heaven, but we're we're motivated here on earth. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we make it our aim. This is really the purpose of life. This is our aim. What? Whether we're present or absent, no matter where we're at, to be well-pleasing to him. Not just to be pleasing, but to be well-pleasing to him. To do those things he wants us to do and not do those things he doesn't want us to do, right? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's every believer. Now, this... This is different than the judgment seat of unbelievers at the end of the book of Revelation. Right. I'll talk about that maybe mm-hmm. in a minute. But this is for what's called for believers' rewards, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So this tells us that while we're in this lifetime, we're laying up rewards. Yeah. I give you, I was reading a little about some of these rewards, but <clears throat> they are real, and God wants us to... to uh-huh. uh, Think about them, and then we can start moving towards. But here's some of the rewards that uh, God has uh, planned for us, uh, if you will. Um, what kind of rewards? Well, there's a reward of soul winners. There's a reward for faithful service here. There's a reward. Uh, of course, there's a martyr's reward that when you you give your life uh, for the sake of the kingdom, that you receive reward. He, again, I said before, if you give, there's there's rewards and forgiving in terms of, uh, again, Jesus says, a cup of cold water in my name, you'll know lies lies and But whatever it is, God is keeping tally, and he wants us then to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> yeah. think about these kinds of things and, and, and lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Now, a couple of little facts about our resurrection body. Number one, it'll be a recognizable body. So when we go to heaven, we'll have a, a body. Like Jesus had a body when he was risen from the grave and he ascends to heaven. Number, It will be like Christ's body. When we see, it says that in 1 John 3, 2. When we see him, we will be like him. Uh, it will. Be, he eats. You know, after his resurrection, yeah. he ate food. So maybe that tells us something. Yeah. Um, it also, it's it's going to be unlimited by time, gravity, or space. It's not, we're localized here mm-hmm. now. We can't walk up a wall or just. It will be an eternal body uh, for 2 Corinthians 5.1. It will be a glorious body, meaning it will um, perhaps yeah. reflect light. You might think a thought, you might be here and think a thought you could be in another country. That can wink. You know, it's yeah. not at all. Plus your capacity to know will be greatly increased. Mm. You know, now we, you know, we uh, it's limited, our metal, we're right. finite, we're finite. Right. So those are a couple of the things that you're going to see, you know. Um, In 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 43, we're talking about bodies. The body is sown in corruption currently, right? Mm-hmm. It is passed, it is raised in incorruption. 
So what is what would that look like be for each of us? Yeah, so no like corruption in our Christ. right. That that's exactly right. So our spirit's going to unite with some other body. Uh, no, it'll be your body. It'll be our body, but it'll be ver- really enhanced or improved. Oh yes, right, right. right. It'll be two point right. Well, it'll be right. like well, a thousand. Good, no. Yeah. Well, as can I, I will probably. We don't know for sure, Dave. But my sense of it, it'll be luminous. It'll be mm-hmm. it'll be radiated in some capacity, mm-hmm. and then. Like Christ, of course, that Jesus says, um, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. But in Acts chapter 1, he actually, after his resurrection, and he stays on earth for 40 days, right. he lifts himself off. That's You'll see that in Acts chapter 1. He just lifts himself off the ground, and he goes on this cloud. Let me read it here. It says, um, now when he had spoken these things, mm-hmm. Jesus, while they watched him, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. So he's going up. Right. Jesus says, I've come down from the Father. Now I go up. That idea of, okay, up is the direction. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, there it is, heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. We're thinking these are angels. Right. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up to the heavens, up to heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in manner as you saw him go to heaven. So now we see him, he'll come back again you know, yeah. at the end of the age. It, 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 can I also extend that, John, with 1 Corinthians 15, yeah. 47 through 49 in terms of what our body may look like? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. So that was us, right? Right. Adam and Eve, and then the second man was Jesus, as was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth and is and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have been born the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Right. So that's your point about being that's like good Christ. Point, David. That's yeah. make a good point. But that's so what is that gonna look like? Wow. Huh. I mean, wow. Well uh, I I that just Hard to fathom. The closest I, I could suggest is, do you remember when Jesus was transfigured? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was radiated. It's, yeah. It says like, a, yeah. in their own language, he says it was like a luminous. Yeah, it, right. Light is yeah. poured out of him. Same thing happened to Moses in a limited way when he went up Mount Sinai to get the law. He came down, his face was luminous. Yeah. He had to put a cloth over it. it was so Right, yeah. So can you imagine your whole body being like that, but you're not going to experience mm-hmm. pain or yeah. suffering, or any of these kind of things. No ailments. And then you're equipped for the next, the next, yeah. whatever he's calling us to do. You know, Revelation 21, 4 says, heaven is a place of no mores. There will be no more tears, no more pain, and no more sorrow. Exactly right. Yeah. So, well, when you, real quick, I know some people might wonder about this idea of three heavens. Now, yeah. many people yeah. think, if you look at Psalm 19, uh, yeah, we'll talk about heavens. that briefly, and then uh, we'll move on. But there's well, where are you? Psalm 19. Sure, it'll it'll uh, we'll start delineate. We'll look at these heavens. Mm-hmm. But this is a description the psalmist has where he says uh, at the very beginning, the heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. So those mm-hmm. that's the start of they go heavens declare the mm-hmm. glory of God. That means all the heavens. The firmness shows His handiwork. So what what we're getting at is here. They they believe that the the firmament is the atmosphere. 
that's called the first heaven. Right. The, 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 you see heaven, mm-hmm. and then the space, the larger space where the sun, the moon, mm-hmm. the stars is, that's the second heaven, and the third heaven where we God dwells. Yeah. So when you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, I knew a man, whether he's in the flesh or in the spirit, I don't know, but he was caught up to the third heaven. He was caught up to the third heaven, and that may be suggested he was caught up to the throne room of God. But the first heaven is the atmospheric, and yes. we could go through this, but I don't have a lot of time to do that right now. Yeah. But the atmospheric is where God, it says God created the heavens, right. plural, and the earth. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's it. And that uh, atmospheric may be the realm of the spirit of the enemy, uh, because he's, right. uh, he's, the, he's the prince of the principalities, <clears throat> powers of the air. But the starry uh, host, the sun, the moon, yeah. the stars, second heaven. So the old Outer timers, space. The yeah, old-timers used to say, mm-hmm. the atmosphere is where the birds fly and where there's clouds. You see one heaven by day, the second by night, and the third by faith. Mm-hmm. The first by day, <clears throat> second by night, the third by faith. And, and the th- actually, th- that's really um, set up well in Genesis 1, 14 to 18, where you were just talking about the first heaven, then the second Yeah, you heaven, can read that if you like. Yeah, being outer space, um, an abode of the stars, planets, and other celestial bodies. Um, but what's interesting is, um, while I'm finding this, is that kind of suggests the third heaven is really, we, we could think that it's really not that far away. Uh, well, I don't know. No, you know? I mean, I mean, it's kind of like um, the location is not revealed. But then you think, you know, okay, we got the first heaven, the second heaven. Where's that third? But heaven? The, the problem is, how far does space go? Well, that's true. You know, yeah. I mean, just like time is eternal, mm-hmm. so to space. I mean, if you got on a rocket ship and you travel for millions and millions and millions of right. years, would you ever get to the end? <clears throat> so it's true. It's, yeah. Well, we don't know. And that's I, why we. That's yeah. why. It's not inhabited by, it's inhabited now by our souls. You right. know, you die, you go to heaven. I think that's a very important thing to remember. There's no such thing as soul sleep or you just wait. The yeah. Bible clearly says to be absent from the body right. is to be present with the Lord. Uh, again, Stephen in Acts chapter 7, when they're stoned to death, he looks up, sees Jesus in the heavens, it says in the heavens, and he says, Lord, receive me into your arms. You know, he commends himself to, to, to the Lord. Same thing Jesus said on the thief on the cross. Yeah. He'll say, today you'll be with me in paradise. So it's that idea. It's instantaneous, but how far we travel. We're thinking space and time, David. We might be dealing yeah, with um, mm-hmm. a whole different wrinkle uh, because it's the soul. You know, yeah. it, it's a different kind of an issue. You might actually get there. We, the transition time might be just in a blink of an eye. Right. Because you're not dealing with uh, mm-hmm. space time. We're thinking space time matter because mm-hmm. we're living in a space time. <laughs> continuum. Here. Yeah, absolutely. So that that starts kind of fitting together a little bit some of yeah. these things about the... Now, we know there's a resurrection, even like the first book of the Bible. If you look at Job, many consider Job the oldest book in the Bible. It's certainly as old as the books of Moses, the uh, yeah. Torah, uh, because there's all kinds of indicators. It's pre-law, before the law is given. It doesn't mention the patriarchs. It's old. And so... But it says something very interesting. He actually makes a couple interesting remarks here. But in chapter 19, the book of Job, um, he says something kind of interesting here. 19, right. and verse 25, he says this. Um, 
it's such an important thing in verse 23 says all my words were written all that they were inscribed in a book in other words he runs they are written down we're reading them today i wish they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen so what he's saying is like super important and he wants to remember for thousands and thousands of years like we're reading it right here today in 2023 what is it he wants us to know for i know that my redeemer lives that's powerful and he shall stand at last on the earth. So he doesn't say, I know my Lord. He's using the title Redeemer. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that buys you back. That This speaks of salvation. You see, Redeemer. Right. I know my re- my Redeemer lives. He shall stand at the last day on the earth. He's coming back again to the earth. Yeah. No, he's mm-hmm. in heaven, but he's coming back to the earth. But look what he says in verse 26. After my skin is destroyed, this I know. In other words, even though I died... And my body has been decayed, like yeah. it says in First Corinthians fifteen. Yet, what does he say? In and my flesh, I will see God. Not in my soul. I'm my yeah. flesh. Yeah. This speaks of a resurrected yes. body, just like Jesus. Exactly right. Right. Just like he promised. Right. For I shall see him for myself, and my eyes shall be. There's a resurrection body. That's... There's the second coming of Christ. Yeah. And and then he says, how my heart yearns within me. In other words, this should cause us. To set our moral compass on this on this future, it may not be that far away. I don't know when the Lord's returning, but it causes us to affect our behavior right now. Heck yeah, we're in a, we're in an expectation, anticipation. <clears throat> this life on this planet may go on for another hundred years, may go for a thousand years, may go for one more month. I don't know when He's going to return, but we are told to be ready, to be ready, to be ready, to be ready. Boy, I mean, the importance of the Bible. Uh, the book itself and not only how to live your life, but the way things are going to be and what's to come and the reason you need to be reborn uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ. You, you just can't wait on it because you might not have the time. And, you know, forgive me, but when I, when I saw the survey that, you know, Believing Ministries did in 2022, it's beautiful to think all those people, 80% of uh-huh. them think they're going to heaven. That's a- And in reality, what we just told you uh-huh. is you need to be reborn. You need to be a follower of Christ. Um, your time is limited. As, as you know, um, you have, if you're in good health, right. the average age is 70 to 80 years on this planet. And that's if you're in good health. And But you just never know. You don't know. And, and this is a presumption that yeah. everybody's going to go to heaven. It's just, it's just a lie. It's it a lie of the enemy. If everybody's going to heaven by you doing You can just live your life and, and treat people the way you yeah. have and and not be in the Word and in a church. Well, if if you can do good works, what's, why is the cross necessary? That's right. All Jesus had to do was come and give some parables and show us how to live a good life. He didn't do that. He came and died on a cross, mm-hmm. didn't have to. He's completely innocent, and then rose from the grave. That that's that. There's no other religion like that that has no. those components, and so if anybody thinks, well, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good person, you're not a good person. I'm not a good person. No of us are good, is what the Bible says. We're all of sin and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> good ain't going to make it. If you want to make it into heaven, you got to be perfect, and you can't be perfect unless you have the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and. John, I wrote these five things down. Um, here are five things that will occupy us in heaven um, that that I found. Worship without distraction. Serve without exhaustion. 
fellowship without fear. Right. Learn without fatigue and rest without boredom. Right. That's it. I mean, and then to really get into heaven and see what's in heaven, you'd have to look at the book of Revelation and yeah. Ezekiel and these other places. But what we do know is that there's coming a time and, and there's going to be this whole new way where it says in the end of the book of Revelation 21, mm-hmm. verse 4, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There mm-hmm. should be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There should be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Uh, that's that's the it. You know what I mean? All this thing we're doing, going through in this lifetime of sadness mm-hmm. and loss of loved ones, mm-hmm. it's going to be over. And there's a whole new way of living coming in. If you want to go to heaven, it's simple. The formula is simple. You must base your hope on the solid rock of Jesus's blood and his righteousness. That is the golden ticket. End of story. There's End nothing else. It's, it's just like you said, it's not your good works. It's not do- donating in the collection box every week, yet you're a, a thug after that. I mean, it just doesn't, it, there's a simple formula. It, it is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, that's yeah. why when you look at John three sixteen, you always see that like at football games and stuff. Oh, yeah. But it, it is powerful because it sums up what we've been talking about this morning, David, that <laughs> yeah. for God, there is a God, believe it or not, people might not believe that, so loved the world. doesn't say he just loved the world. It says he so loved the world. That's everybody. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. That he Regardless sent. of race, creed, religion, everybody. That he sent. Now, here he's coming down from heaven. Right. He sent his only beloved son. There's no other person that we can be saved. His only beloved, that whoever, whoever, that's big. That's everyone. Whoever, whoever. But you got to do something. It's not just enough that he mm-hmm. sent him. Whoever believeth upon yeah. him. That's your key. Mm-hmm. Turn from sin. Believe on Jesus Christ. Whoever believeth on him should not perish. Perish in the Bible means separation. And that perish means being separated from God for eternity. Yeah. Should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes. Everlasting life. And, I mean, it's such a great transaction. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for us, for you, for me. Perfect sacrifice. Became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah. And so we can stand in God's presence not on our own righteousness, but the righteousness mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, he, in a sense, he's got us covered, if you know what I'm saying. The most, it's so it's so incredible when you think about it. And I, was, I share this, Guys, start yeah. wrapping this up. Oh, yeah. The most famous picture ever taken in the White House was a picture of John F. Kennedy at his desk. Yeah. And under the desk was little Johnny right. Jr., little uh, John F. Kennedy Jr., John Kennedy Jr. They call him John John. I think he was two years old at the time. But how could this little child get that close to the most powerful man on earth. He wasn't a senator. He wasn't an international leader. He wasn't some right. financier donor. He got that close because of a relationship. Yes. He got that close because of a relationship with his father. Mm-hmm. Why can we come in relationship with God? It's through Jesus Christ, and now we can be very, very close yeah. to God. Not in our own deep, right. but through him. Right. And so that's why I urge people this morning or the, you know, be thinking about this, that heaven is real. And when, uh, we'll do another yeah. topic on hell. <laughs> heaven is real. Hell is real. God's not willing that any go to, you know, you know into, into punishment mm-hmm. that and perish, but that all may come to repentance. And maybe you're hearing this today for the first time, but ponder it, think about it, 
This life is brief. Eternity's long. And, and this is an important issue. You should look at it and look at who gives your best explanation for right. death and life to come. Yes. It's Jesus. He's the only one that rose from the dead. So again, thanks, David. And for everyone Thank tuning you, in, this is WNZN. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate this station. God bless you. Have a great week. And uh, think about the things that we said today. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great weekend.